Young and from Detroit, Michigan, and you are now listening to the Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah. Yo, what's up, Brodies and Bays? I'm trying to do the intro like my guy Dot. He's not here, but hey, we're going to do it anyways. But uh, what's up, Brodies and Bays? It's your boy, Dynasty Bro Vic. I'm here with a special guest. Say what's up to the people, Zach. Hey, y'all. I'm Zach, uh, at ZachFFB on Twitter. I run at, uh, A to Z FFB, so that's at A to Z FFB. Follow both those pages. Find my stuff. But it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Hey, make sure you guys follow Zach. Make sure you guys follow A to Z. He's one of my guys in, in the Twitter community because, you know, Twitter, man, it could be a rough place, man. So it's always nice to have some allies and some friends out there. So definitely glad to call you uh, one of my friends out there, man. So thanks Likewise. for joining us. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So today, episode 67, um, we're going to talk set it and forget it. So, of course, you know, if you guys followed us going back to last year, it's one of our staple episodes. Fantasy playoffs are here. Almost because we know we're still in week 13, you know, with the Ravens and Cowboys playing or getting ready to play. So hopefully we can get out here early, Zach, so we can catch that. But uh, with the set and forget it, this is where we're going to just plant our flags on a QB, a running back, a tight end and a receiver who we're just going to set and forget who should hold it down for the playoffs. So I got my four. Do you got your four? Got my four, dude. Ready right, to go. Cool. I'm with it, man. And for this, we try to stay away from like the obvious names like Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Michael Thomas and all the studs. Like we wanted to really hit in on some like positional twos and positional three guys that's been up and down. So we're going to plant our flag. So. All right, man. But before we get into that, as always, you know, whenever we have a guest, we like to go over the football resumes, man. So it's a two part question and we try to cover it in five minutes or less. We want you to go for your real life football resume, meaning if you ever play football, share some of your glory day stories and then we'll transition to the fantasy side and just you know if you want to share how long you've been playing if you want to share how many leagues you're in totally up to you and if you also if you want to gloat on some championships man so how does that sound sounds good dude i'll hop right in um i'm a former kicker so i kicked in high school and at the university of finley division two college in ohio um as a kicker i was never quite in touch with the X's nose of football. I kind of just watched it all from the sideline, but I was like really into it. It was super fun. Um, you played in college in you at DePaul. Yeah, I played some D3. Okay. Was it an actual position? <laughs> Probably yeah, not a yeah. kicker. I, I played receiver, man. I was actually, you know, taking some hits, taking some shots. So yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So yeah, so I was a kicker, but caveat, I also wrestled and I also did wrestle at the University of Finley. So like I wasn't just like the the scrawny little kicker that couldn't do anything. Um, glory day story, I guess was I led the team in tackles for like two minutes. Um, my very first kick of my college career, the, uh, it was Northwood, I think in Michigan, Northwood university, their starting running back was their kicker turner. And he tried to truck me and it didn't work. Um, you weren't going (laughs) the season. And then, uh, I actually tackled that dude again on another kickoff. So it's like, what's up with my kickoff coverage? Like I shouldn't have to do this, but it was nice to, I don't know. That was kind of a, a rallying moment for me with my teammates of like, oh, our kicker's not a bitch. So yeah, man. no disrespect to kickers. I understand the, uh, cause I fit like I was in the stereotype of like kickers just bitches. But, um, once I got to college, I kind of got that vibe from my teammates in high school. I was like just as big as our linebackers college, even division two, those dudes were huge. Yeah. So oh, yeah. college, even as a kicker is where I really started to grind in the weight room to like, kind of like earn the respect of like, I can work as hard as you wherever I am able. If I'm not going to go out there and run the ball or make tackles, I'm going to grind in the weight room. So that's where I kind of got into lifting and fitness um, just to kind of hang around with the the rest of the team the best I could. And it was fun. But uh, 
kicking in college was not what I thought. In high school, I played soccer. I played soccer since I was like five years old. So okay. I split time. I was like soccer for an hour and a half, football practice for like 20 minutes, in and out, done. And I got to college and it was like three hours. And all I did was kick for like 25 minutes and I couldn't go. I was like failing on my classes. Like I got to change something up. Yeah. So I walked on the wrestling team the next year and that was fun. It was really fun. I wasn't like super good, but it was a blast and I got good, but then I had a couple injuries that like broke my hand and then almost ripped my, uh, my hamstring off snowboarding. But oh damn, yeah, man, that's like kind of my football slash collegiate experience. I wasn't the typical kicker. Um, I guess one more story, high school, my senior year, um, our, I went to East Noble high school in Kendallville, Indiana. So I'm from up North of Fort Wayne. Okay. And, um, we were playing Homestead, big school. I had yellow shoes. Our colors were blue and yellow. And like, I just, kickers are very specific about their gear. So the only pair of shoes I liked that year was Nike Vapors. It was like the $40 They're, They go from like 40 to 80 to like 150. I like yeah. the cheap pair and they were bright yellow. That was the only color way they had. And our team policy was like black or white shoes. And I was like, coach, these are the only ones I like. So <laughs> let me wear them because they were yellow and they fit the team color. But everyone thought I was like a hot shot. And I'm just like kind of a quiet guy. So I didn't love that I was just standing on the side of these bright ass yellow shoes. But fast forward, like this is like three years ago. I've been out of high school. I graduated in 2011. Um, okay. My dad was talking to a guy in Fort Wayne and they were recalling the Homestead game my senior year. And they were talking about the kicker with the yellow shoes. And I was like, that's this guy. So it was kind of crazy, but it was a lot of fun. That's cool, man. Hey, going back to those tackles, man. I'm sure Pat McAfee's proud for the brand. So he was holding it brand, down, dude. man. So there you go, man. So that's fire. All right, let's transition to the fantasy side. So how long have you been playing fantasy? Yeah, man. Uh, I've been playing fantasy since 2015. So if you guys haven't checked out my show, it's me and my friend Alex Sutton. He's actually the one who got me into fantasy. We met at college at Ball State University. And um, my first league was his home league. And I'm still in that home league. I'm in the playoffs right now. Our playoffs actually started uh, week 12. So I won that matchup. It was a nail biter, but I got there. But yeah, since uh, 2015 and being a kicker, like I said, I wasn't in touch, in touch with the X's nose, but fantasy is like really brought on a whole new appreciation for me as a football fan in general. So I'm a Packers fan, like Aaron Jones, there got go. the waving t-shirt, but I used to just watch the Packers and the fantasy is like, oh shit, there's all these players from all these teams I really like. So Alvin Kamara is my favorite player in the league right now. And has been since his rookie year. So it's kind of helped me open up to football as a sport, not just like this team you follow. So I really enjoy that. It's been fun to dive into the analytics, especially this my first year, like in fantasy Twitter. Um, okay. And producing content. It's like, I can't just say, I like this guy. He's going to do good. I have to be able to back that up. So, and that's, we've talked before the pod. It's a process. You're always learning new things. So it is, man. Hey, you know what? I can lean on you for the analytics because I'm more so on the film side and video side. Um, of course, you know, it, it always helps to have that balance of a little bit of both. But we all got our strengths and weaknesses. So I'm more on the film grinding side. So, yeah, I definitely got to get some tips and tricks from you on the uh, analytics. Yeah, side. I'll, I'll come to you for the film. Mostly it's just work and I find it because I don't have any of the, the access to like. Actually, that's a lie. My buddy Richard um, lent us his password, I guess, to the Game Pass so I can go okay. back and watch the game which is super nice that's a really cool tool so yeah man i got, I got some game pass gotta have a game pass all right anything else you want to cover on the uh you know i guess football size? Yeah, yeah i'm in 13 leagues this year um i'm in the playoffs in eight of them so that's decent this is the most leagues i've ever been in uh, i missed the playoffs by a game 
in three of the leagues. I found out yesterday or today, and I missed the boat altogether in two of them. Um, so I, m- I remember in a previous pod, you were talking about just hard to manage so many leagues. You're missing yeah. waivers, you're doing all this stuff. Like there's one of the leagues I just missed today, um, Jonathan Taylor's COVID game. I left him in my lineup and I lost for like four points. And that would have been the difference between making it in and missing. So it was tough. I think I found my limit. But this is also my first year really diving into dynasty football, which I know you're a big fan of. So dynasty fantasy football, I should say. Yeah, man. And, you know, for me, of course, with the pandemic, like, let's just call it what it is. All these quarantine and, you know, quarantine leagues, like everyone got happy in the offseason and just joined all these leagues. And, dude, I'm up to like 28. (laughs) And to be honest, my limit is 20. I know that still sounds crazy, but literally I can handle 20 only because most of my leagues are on a sleeper app. Um, so that helps when you're like managing your leagues in the same spot. Um, I have like eight leagues on my fantasy league. Then of course I got like a couple Yahoo leagues. It's like my frat. They like to just play on Yahoo and you know, Yahoo, Yahoo has a good running record of like going back to the history of when it first started. So just given that they want to stay there. And of course I got a ESPN league. So, but yeah, man, I, I've learned my limit. Um, definitely taught me a lot. Luckily some of these leagues are redraft and also a couple charity leagues I am expecting some of these leagues to fall off. I'm not going to be the guy that just leaves and exit, but there are a couple of leagues I got my eye on. I'm like, you know what? I hope this league ends. I hope it crashes and burns. It's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah, man. So cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you giving us that resume, man. So typically uh, with these episodes, we also like to dive into what's the word. So this is where we go over all the player news and just understanding, like, you know, what's going on around the league. So let's dive right in. All right. If you guys don't know, of course, usually every month with the NFL, there's always some type of calls going on. So, of course, uh, you know, September is the kickoff, uh, you know, kickoff moment. And then in October, it's the cancer awareness. Um, I believe November is the salute to service. So now that we're in December, it's the my calls, my cleats. So if you guys watch the games, you'll see players repping some special cleats out there, different charities, different organizations that they want to represent. Um, so I want to call out Kenny Moore for the coach. He's he's repping, at least on this cleat, it says your legacy will last forever. I just like that message that he has. Um, so I think we all can take away, you know, from that, you know, just create a legacy out here. So that's just a positive message. And I also want to shout out Jack Doyle for the coach tight end. He's repping Riley's Children's Hospital. Um, it's like one of the largest children's hospitals in the country. Um, they do a lot of great stuff. Um, you could donate to the hospital. And then I also want to shout out Mark Andrews, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. He's repping an organization that's fighting, you know, to find a cure for diabetes. So, Mark Andrews has type one diabetes. There's even times where he's on the sideline taking insulin, man. So it's just cool to see all these players, you know, want to rep these different causes. Yeah, man. I got a couple of shouts out too, if you don't mind. I'll go um, ahead. Go for it. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go the water boys foundation. Um, it started Chris long. Who's one of my all time favorite players. Now a podcaster, which I'm just hooked on his podcast. Um, me and him go back and forth on Twitter. Sometimes it's, it's fun. Um, but the water boys is this clean water initiative. They build wells, solar powered wells in Africa for villages that don't have water. Um, so that's, that's huge. I mean, water is quite literally the source of life. So a really cool initiative. And that's kind he's brought current players and military members on board with that. So Nate Boyer is a big name, military name. Um, he collaborated with Colin Kaepernick on his Anthem protest. So I respect Nate Boyer a great deal for not being so quick to freak out on that. Um, but that's a different discussion. Anyways, Miles Garrett is also part of the, the Water Boys Initiative. 
Another one is uh, the Chris Godwin, Team Godwin Foundation. He is raising money and awareness for animals, um, specifically dogs, and getting them into foster homes so they don't have to be in shelters. So I'm a big dog guy. So I, I really love that. And um, he always like he was down in New Orleans or in Louisiana after the hurricanes. Um, his foundation was rescuing dogs. He was trying to raise awareness to get them fostered so they were not in the shelters. So that's pretty sweet. And then um, I guess two more. Right. Any special education initiative. I'm a former special ed teacher. So that holds a place in my heart. Um, autism, muscular dystrophy, um, cerebral palsy, et cetera, whether it's a, a mental limitation or a physical limitation. Um, always love bringing awareness to those. And then Hayden Hurst with his mental illness or mental health um, struggles in the past. He's been very public about that. His foundation yeah. raising awareness for, for that is really cool. It is, man. Those are all great initiatives, man. So hopefully everyone has a chance to check those out, man. But it's, it's pretty cool just to raise awareness and not just to, you know, stick to sports and, you know, let players, you know, voice, you know, use their voice and leverage their platforms, man. So we love to see it. All right. I got a, you know, another note. So, of course, uh, if you guys don't know, Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, holds the rookie touchdown passing record for 27 passes, touchdown passes. Justin Herbert is on pace to break that record. So I know he didn't have the best game this past week against New England. Justin Herbert currently has 23 touchdowns. So, Zach, I got to ask you, will Justin Herbert take on take over that record, man? Dude, swallowing my pride, I'm saying yes. I was very low on Herbert coming into the year. I was just like, the dude is Mitch Trubisky 2.0. I know it's a very common comp. That's not my comp. But just watching him at Oregon, I was like, what, what is everyone so obsessed with this? About? Like, him and Jordan Love was so polar opposite. Everyone hated Jordan Love. And then Herbert is like the same excuse or the same concerns. And he gets picked six overall and everyone's shitting all over the Packers. Like I didn't love the pick as a Packers fan. thought they needed other positions. Yeah. But they said the same things about Jordan Love. So hopefully that pans out in the same way Herbert is because he's killing it. Yes, I do think he gets there, especially considering he plays the Falcons this coming week. He could get there next week. So that's true, man. That's a good point. And I definitely think he shatters the record too. Well, I don't want to say shatter like he just, you know, outpaces him by 10 extra touchdowns, but he's going to own that record. So shout out to Herbert. Um, again, third QB taken um, in the draft. And, you know, a lot of people were skeptical, man. This is a guy that I've seen even go to the second and third rounds of dynasty, you know, rookie draft. So yeah, man, he's a hell of a grab if you got some Justin Herbert. Yeah, for sure. All right. The next guy I want to talk about hey, another guy that's uh, been making a name for himself. So shout out to ESPN. It's where I saw this on their Twitter. Justin Jefferson, man, he's the first Vikings rookie wide receiver to have a thousand yards in a season since Randy Moss. Mind you, there's still like what three games left, four games left. So he can even add on to that. So what are your thoughts on Justin Jefferson, man? Dude, I feel like going into the draft, everyone was getting too cute, trying to come up with reasons why Justin Jefferson wasn't going to be as good as he is. Because he had a hundred catches in a college season. Yeah, he had Joe Burrow throwing the ball, but I think that was a a mutually good partnership there. Burrow was good because of Herbert. Herbert was good because of Burrow. It wasn't like one elevated the other to like an extreme. I think they were both amazing for each other. And you don't just get 100 catches in college like by accident. This dude is legit. So there was the concern, obviously, of him playing most of his snaps out of the slot. And then he goes out and runs 4-4-3 at the combine. He's got outside speed. He's played a lot on the outside this year. And he's looked so good doing it. So... Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and New Orleans, um, not lovely matchups for wide receivers. 
Tampa Bay was just smoked by Tyreek Hill. But I think the the issue is more with Kirk Cousins than Justin Jefferson. I mean, if Cousins isn't going to have time to throw, it's going to be hard for Jefferson to be effective. But New Orleans is a, a nice matchup there in Week 16 if you get to the championship. Yeah, man, I agree. And you never know which Kirk Cousins is going to show up. Like he can literally throw a pick six, you know, on the first play of the game, and then next thing you know, he's bouncing back with three TDs, so and some bombs. So, yeah, man, I, I love some Justin Jefferson. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to plant your flag. If you can plant your flag on one rookie dynasty wide receiver between CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson, who are you going to take for the rest of their career? I'm staying with Lamb. Um, personally, I love what Jefferson's doing. I think Lamb has the uh, the athleticism, like the the catch he made a couple weeks ago, where yeah. he was like twisting his body in midair, like laying flat parallel to the ground. That's not a catch most receivers in the game can make. And he's a rookie, like 22 years old doing that. Um, I think Dak, Dak is still the QB one in points per game on the year, 27. So I know we're we're missing out on a, a good chunk of games. But when I was sorting and looking at points per game stats, I was like, shit, Dak Prescott's still up here. He's still probably right up there in passing yards with some quarterbacks that are still playing right now. So I think a deal gets done with Dak, and I think that is what separates. Like, if Dak's not there, it's it's Jefferson easily. But I think Dak stays, and that's what leans me in the Lamb direction. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Lamb was my guy coming out, especially in the offseason. You know, I pounded the table. He's a generational talent for me. But uh, you can't go wrong with either guy. You know, Justin Jefferson, he's special. Lamb's special. So it's really just a preference play. But uh, I'm going to side with you. I'm planting my flag with Lamb as well. But, man, Justin Jefferson's special, man. He's I don't even want to call him a technician when you run his route. It's like art. Like he just sells everything. Like he knows how to break in and out of his routes. It's smooth. He sells the route with his eyes. And then next thing you know, he's back going the other way and DB's going the wrong direction. So he just knows as a rookie, right? So he has it down. Jerry Judy was so just, he was the, the rage when it came to route running. It's like this Justin Jefferson, I think is as good as Jerry Judy in, in the route running department. Judy just runs very violent routes um jefferson's are cleaner they look more finesse they look easier judy just runs in a way that like is so violent then i think that's what makes judy's route running pop up the screen jefferson just does it very casually but very very intentionally which is pretty rare yeah all right shout out to kilo marshall so i'm a flash uh uh, they wanted to shout this out so the fifa dance group young female dance group that takes steps by raising money, um, so yeah, that have a chair. Uh, there's a cash app if you want to donate. So shout out to the FIFA dance group and those young ladies um, out there doing something positive. So I'll share that there. Thanks for sh- thanks for sharing that. All right, that's all I got for uh, what's the word, man? Anything else you want to add to that before we uh, transition? Dude, I'll shout out Aaron Rodgers, 400 TD pass. Uh, mentioned earlier, I'm a Packers fan. 193 career games to get there. Tom Brady's the only one who did it faster. Um, and he's the first player in NFL history with five seasons of 35 or more touchdown passes. I think if I'm giving this award out and this is unbiased, I think it goes to Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, Mahomes is significantly ahead in total yards. But Rodgers, like I view the award as if you take this player off the team, that team sucks. Kansas City has a lot more sustainable weapons minus Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have. So yeah. Nice shout out. 
And I do want to shout out also while we're on that before we transition, I want to forget Jalen Hurts, man. He's taking over the starting role for the Eagles, man. So what are your thoughts on that? Is he, you know, of course, we've seen some flashes here and there. You know, he's had some packages, but now he's getting the keys, man. What are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Yeah, my draft scenario in my head was um, Jefferson or Rager in the first, Jalen Hurts in the second for the Packers. Obviously, that did not happen. Um, I love Hurts as a talent. I think he's more accurate than people give him credit for. The dude slayed Alabama, transfers, and slays at Oklahoma. Heisman runner-up, just behind Burrow. He's excellent, I think. He's a really, really rare blend of athleticism and accuracy. So I think he's probably a little bit ahead of where ahead of where Lamar Jackson was coming out of college as a passer. But he and he's not the runner that LJ is, but he's not super far behind to the point where he's just ineffective as a runner. I think they can be really creative. I think they need to be creative because that team is a lost cause. And the contract with Wentz, like it just baffles me. As far as what they're going to do, I wasn't surprised they paid him at the time, but now it just looks like one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, here's my take. Of course, uh, Jalen Hurts looked good, man, when he's in there. And we saw that connection he had with Rager. And the offense just looks like it's brought to life with Hurts in there. Um, the situation does kind of feel like it could be set up for a Gardner Minshew type situation, just given, you know, he's next man up. But I will say this it's Philly. We got to trust the process. They spent a second round draft pick on them. That's a huge investment. Uh, so if you take a guy, you know, on day two, especially in the second round, I didn't see that pick coming, but they did. Um, outside looking in, that was just a front office that wasn't on the same page, if you ask me, because mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't see that pick coming at all you know, for Jalen Hurts. But uh, I mean, why not at this point? You know, like we're, we already know Philly has a tough fan base and, you know, hey, you can't just keep losing games and. That, that division, it's like the race to last place, and last place is going to get in the playoffs, unfortunately. That's just how it yeah. is. But uh, I'm excited for Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, it, it kind of feels – I actually compared him to Taysom Hill in the uh, offseason as far as how I felt his career would play out. But hopefully he can, you know, continue to improve in terms of in the passing game. But he's shown he can he can throw the ball, but we still need to see more. So He's accelerating, man. Didn't take him until 31 years old to get a starting or starting gig in the NFL. So, yeah. Um, I guess like before we just bury Wentz, I, I love Carson Wentz, the person. I hope he gets another shot. I just think his time's done in Philly. It's going to be a tough sell for another team to bite on that contract. So I don't know what it's going to look like, but I hope Carson Wentz, the person, gets another opportunity somewhere else and uh, can take advantage because I really do like him. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if my coach came in and got Wentz just because Frank Wright's, you know, he got the he, money. From, what if got that the was Piece, man like what if reich is the missing piece you know that's, that's what i was thinking yeah. about the other day Reich's yeah, a genius. he is man and he's familiar with carson and you know we we have the cap here in indy so i know there's been talks about possibly sam darnold and you know i think philip rivers is a one-year rental you know in my opinion um, we should leave it at that but uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if carson Wentz landed with the coats i mean do i really want that no but would i be mad at it no so we'll see yeah man all right, man. So uh, let's see. Let's transition to the injuries, man. So a couple of injuries. And then, you know, if you got any injuries you want to call out, please do. Um, let's start with Josh Jacobs. So he's still out. Um, of course, Devontae Booker stepped in. He was a dud, man. Like everyone thought he was going to, you know, be a plug and play, step in. I actually had him as one of my starts. That didn't work out. So, um, you know, going into the playoffs, hey, Josh Jacobs is out. And I'm not trusting Devontae Booker, man, especially in the playoffs. So what are your thoughts, man? Are you riding with Booker? Are you going to give him another chance or what? 
I, I wouldn't be. I've been burnt on a couple backup situations. None of them come to mind immediately, but I know there's been situations where it's like, oh, this guy's down, plug and play. Maybe the Montgomery situation comes to mind where it's like Patterson or Ryan Nall. It's like, what are we doing? Like, neither of these guys are going to pop off. We've seen Patterson handle carries and it's just been like, meh. And I didn't hear Ryan Nall until Montgomery got hurt. So it's like, I'm not going to get too cute with these these starts. Just wait for the guy to come back. Hopefully you have another better option on your bench. But if not, I mean, you do what you got to do. There's worse starts than a starting running back in the NFL. So Booker has value to a degree, but I'm not going to start him over a valid or legit player I've seen pop off just because Booker's going to get more opportunity. So we've yeah. seen Josh struggle with the Raiders. Like what makes me think Booker's going to be better? So, And we didn't account for the Raiders leveraging the committee, man. We saw some Jalen Rard. Can't forget about that. And, you know, so that eats into some of the touches too. So, all right. There's a question coming in from Kilo. Do you think uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City will be in the AFC championship? Actually, yeah, my dad just talked to me about that. Um, actually, right before this pod, man. So I actually do have Pittsburgh and Kansas City AFC championship. I actually, man, to be honest, that Pittsburgh defense is nice, man. And defense wins championships. I got to go with Pittsburgh. I think Tomlin's going to, you know, give Kansas City a run for, for their money. I mean, we've seen Kansas City playing some close games. So if you go up with a go up against the top defense like the Steelers, Big Ben and those guys, they have enough offense to carry them into the playoffs. So I actually like the Steelers. Of course, I'd love yeah. to see my Colts there, but I just got to be honest. I think the Colts are going to ruin someone's year for sure out of the AFC. I think they're good enough to yeah. do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I pivoted recently. We picked Super Bowl game in our first pod of the regular season. And then I think week nine or 10, we're like, do we want to change anything? I started out Saints and Chiefs and I pivoted the Packers Steelers. I think Bud Dupree going down really hurts the Steelers like substantially. We saw the Steelers and like, I think we should take their loss last night with a grain of salt. Um, I did call the loss on our podcast, which is like what I'm, I was pretty pumped because like no one's going to take me seriously. And then it happened. I was like, shit, this is awesome. But nice. uh, <laughs> this is their third game in 12 days. So yeah. Washington's been heating up. Pittsburgh has been struggling versus Dallas with Garrett Gilbert. Uh, Baltimore with RG3 and Trace McSorley. So it's like, those are games we didn't think would be close either. So I was like, I think this could be sneaky because Washington has momentum on their side. But I'm worried about the Pittsburgh defense and the Chiefs have given me no reason to be worried at all. So if you're going to ask me again today, I think the Packers do look like the most complete team in the NFC. Um, especially like I saw earlier today or yesterday, Breeze has no timeline for return. So the Packers are on the verge of the the one seed in the NFC and the Saints are just a game ahead. So the Packers still have a lot to play for and the Saints can't make any mistakes and they still have to play Kansas City yet this year in week 15. So back to the AFC, I will go back to the Chiefs, Chiefs Packers. And I think that could be a matchup. It could be a good matchup for the Packers defensively, but the Chiefs, man, it's so hard to find any weakness. You're just nitpicking for something. Yeah. I have Seattle and the Packers in the NFC Championship. I got to go with Russ. Um, we already know the league is going to force Tom Brady deep into the playoffs for the for the Bucks. So that's just what's going to happen. But uh, I actually like Seattle, man. So I got to go with them. But hey, Packers aren't a bad call. I mean, Aaron Rodgers having a hell of a year. The offense is on fire. Their defense is nice. So I wouldn't be surprised there at all. Um, going back to the Washington football team and the Steelers. A team like Washington, they have nothing to lose. They're pumped. They're motivated. 
Um, and of course, if you got the Steelers, you don't go for it on fourth down, and you got Deontay Johnson dropping all these passes. That's you're gonna lose that game. So hurt, hey. it hurts my soul. I do want to stick up for Deontay. Uh, dude still caught eight passes last night. Still a wide. I think he was wide receiver thirteen half PPR. So like everyone's just bitching, like oh he's dropping everything. I'm like he still scored a touchdown. He got like eighty one yards, seventy one yards. Like it's productive. He left points on the table, no doubt. And the drops are an issue. I'm worried about them, but I'm not that worried because the Steelers aren't worried either. They keep throwing the ball. So yeah, and he's still a young wide receiver too, man. And he's been in and out the lineup. So you know, mm-hmm. just given he's missed some games. Hey, it's going to happen, but he definitely needs to clean it up, especially going into next season. But Deontay's fine to close out the year. Agreed. All right, man. Uh, Let's get into these uh, Brodies of the Week. So Brodies of the Week, man, this is basically the part of the show where we like to go over some of the guys that stepped up, made plays for their team, whether it's an impact play or a touchdown. Um, These are players who we consider B-team guys or guys that are up and coming. Um, These should be dynasty stashes. People you stash on your roster, people you should add to your watch list, or people you know you may just want to plug and play. Just given you know, just it just depends on the impact. So we have three guys um, that I want to call out, and we're going to hop into the film room, man. So I know we talked about Game Pass earlier. So let's start with New England Patriots wide receiver Gunner Ozuski. I'm sure I butchered that last name. Let's just call it Gunner O, man. It's good effort. So let's call Gunner O. Hey, he can butcher my last name, but uh. Let's uh, let's uh, check that out. So I'm gonna share the screen. We're gonna hop into the film room. Let's check out this touchdown. So he's right here. I'm in the slot. This was a big play for him too, man. So he actually had an impact um, in this game. But uh, man, way to find the end zone, Gunner. Yeah. Good throw. He had, by he had a hell of a game. Yeah, he had two touchdowns that game, right? I don't remember. I know neither quarterback had over 70 yards. I don't remember. I know Cam had three. That might have been Sidham's yeah. only toss. But, yeah, man, that was a good throw, though. It was. All right, so shout out to Gunner, man. We want to shout him out. Um, our next uh, we're going to go to Tennessee. So Cameron Batson, um, so wide receiver for, for the Tennessee Titans. He's actually in the slot up top in the middle. Let's check it out. Of course, you know, they were missing pieces, man. But, man, way to hang on to the ball in traffic, man. That's a big play right there. Of course, uh, Cleveland ran away with the game. Um, at that point, Tennessee's trying to play catch up, but that's a big play, man, right there. Um, knowing you're going to get hit, so and he got two he, feet inbounds, man. Way to have he's some been popping off on film the past few weeks. Like very intriguing dynasty stash for sure. He's more of a return specialist, but he's worked his way into an offensive role. He reminds me a little bit of Deontay Harris in New Orleans. He's got some like very okay. very deep fantasy relevance, but he's. He gets the ball. They scheme him the ball. So, yeah, this is encouraging. I like this. I like this call. All right, man. And we got one more dynasty stash or guy to watch. McCole Pruitt, man. So tight end for the Titans. He's down here at the bottom. Um, he stepped in for the injured. Space on the name. Johnu Smith. There we go. Um, so McCole, he actually had two touchdowns, man. So way to step in for the injured Johnu Smith. But that's that's one of his touchdowns, one of the bigger yards. And I know a lot of people added Ferkshire and, you know, they were putting him in his, in his you know, in your lineup. But it was Pruitt, man. He had his number called a couple of times. So. Yeah, man, stepping up. That's awesome. I like that for him. Man, hey, go back and look at that release. He actually released inside of the tackle, man. That was pretty slick. I, I'm just not noticing that. Watch him release inside the tackle. That's slick, man. That is. Way to go. Way to get up the field. That's a hell of a play call. That's a really good design, too. I like that a lot. 
Good for you. I was, man. T- telling you, man, hey, when you're in this film room, you just catch those little details, man. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I- All right, man. Yeah. Hey, before we get to this, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I got a couple shouts, Dynasty guys. And then I have a coach I want to shout out a, a, a big Brody move this week. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, man. Pretty solid. Uh, and he only had three targets, but took one of the house 92 yards on the game so that's sweet i've been stashing him in a couple leagues the athletic profile on that guy just screams like develop him as a technician and then find a place for him on the field obj trade rumors like it could be sooner than later there in um in cleveland so that's sweet and then gabe davis has popped off a couple times i'm sure you guys have talked about him before but anytime a bill is down i think you said this Anytime a Bills player is down, you start Gabe Davis, and it's paid off more often than not this year. So just another shout-out to Gabe Davis. So, yeah, I like that. Then my coach, I want to shout-out is Brian Flores. Getting in the team's face, the Bengals' face, for some dirty hits on one of their players, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, Devontae Parker and Mac Collins ejected coming to defend their guy. I just thought it was a really powerful move by Flores like that dude has his players back and they know that and you always want to play for a coach like that so I just respect the hell out of Flores and they're a year ahead of schedule with their rebuild too so two is looking pretty good they got some pieces Preston Williams going down sucks I really like Preston Williams coming into this year still lack him but he's an expendable piece because he was a UDFA so if he can't stay healthy I don't think they're gonna lose any sleep moving on from him which worries me because I do think he's talented but Shout out to man. That's that's a good point you made as far as with the Dolphins being ahead a year on their rebuild and also having all that draft capital to spend, so you know they can continue to build that offense up more. Shit, yeah, dude. I've been all over to Miami's uh, Dolphins defense, like probably like going back to like week eight or week nine. Man, like they've been a top ten play. I told my brother to pick him up in our dynasty league we're in together, and I'm like, I should have done it. What am I doing? So he's just yeah, man. Defense, it's solid. We're past the, the days of Miami Dolphins not sounding sexy on defense or the Buffalo Bills or Washington football team. Like, hey, these these organizations are building something, man. So if you're producing, hey, I, I want you. So yeah, shout out, shout badass. Yeah, that's fire. Thanks for uh, sharing that. Um, also, before we get to the main segment, flag on a play before I forget. So I have a flag on a play. Usually with the flag on a play, it's where we just cover anything that was foul or you know, anything that was jacked up that we saw throughout the week in the league, whether on the field, off the field, we just call out flag on a play. So I have a flag. If you have one, cool. If not, it's all good. But um, my flag goes to the former defensive coordinator of the, of the New York Jets, Greg Williams. Man, last play of the game. He, he runs an all-out blitz. He leaves his corner on an island with Henry Ruggs, arguably one of the fastest receivers in the league, probably behind Tyreek Hill and a couple other guys. But I know teams are tanking for Tua, but man, like, or not tanking for Tua, tanking for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Like, you don't, for, for me, it's a professional football team. You still want these guys to have a sense of pride. You want these guys to go out there and get their first win. Like, you're just sending a wrong message to your team if you're just throwing the game like that. Like, it almost felt like a Vegas call. That's how yeah. bad it was. And he got yeah. fired. Um, so, still yeah, man, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> still wild that Gase is still there. I think Gase is there for the reason of losing games. Um, there's like Matt Patricia was fired for less. Like he wasn't great, but he was fired for less than what we've seen at Adam Gase. Like it's been one of the all time worst teams I've ever watched. I lived through the Owen 16 lions back in the day. They were competitive when it, we look at the jets, like their last couple games have been competitive. This was by far their most competitive game, but it's like, what are you doing, man? 
I saw a lot of really funny yeah. takes. Greg Williams just doesn't want to be attached to the Owen 16. So he's going to bail at Owen 12 or something like that. Like I, I don't get it. I mean, and kind of his whole career has kind of been a flag on the play. If you think about bounty gate and all the other shady shit he's been involved with. So, um, That's sure. I, I mean, I'm not surprised the jets found another way to lose, but every time I watch that play, I just, I just chuckle. I'm like, what were they doing? What did they think? Was yeah, man. Happen? Like, even if the you play Madden, you <laughs> Yeah. What's that? No, go ahead. The one thing they couldn't do, they did. And it cost them their only win. And I like what you said. These guys have pride. Like, the players aren't trying to tank for Trevor. The players trying to win. The, the the management, the front office is trying to tank for Trevor. These players don't want to be attached to an 16 team. That's going to make their lives harder in the future. Like, think about all exactly. these guys coming out of free agency or wanting to go into the new teams. Like, oh, you were part of that shitty team that didn't win a single game? We don't want you here. You exactly, know? man. It's hard for them in their career later on. So, Man, it just sends the wrong message. It's it's a cultural like issue. So, but yeah, man. So you know, yeah, I'm not surprised. But uh, even going back to Madden, like, dude, like everyone knows the call. You know, prevent or three safeties high something. Like, I'm sure a middle school coach could have caught a better coverage than that. But it was it was ridiculous. So, yeah, for sure. That, that's that's my flag. Do you got um, any flags? Um. I think the one I forget the guy's name. It's not really a flag. It's kind of like a bozo play. Uh, the center for the Texans, uh, just low snap. I'm like going in to take the lead in that game. That sucked. So I feel a little bit bad for that guy. But also like it, people bash. Going back to my kicking days, you have one job: kick the ball through the uprights. As a center, you have more than one job. But your first job is to get the ball to the quarterback. So if you can't do that, then what are you doing out there? You know, that's the one mistake. So like a kicker can be defined by one miss. Uh, go back to the double doink that Cody Parkey. Like that's all that dude is known for. So this guy is going to live on and live to see another snap unless he just snaps low again. And it's like, that's the guy who can't snap the ball, but that's kind of a bummer in a, a big divisional game. I think that put the Colts in first place outright, didn't it? Yeah, it did, man. And hey, I don't feel sorry for that guy. I'm a Colts fan. You guys know, so we'll take it, man. We got lucky, but Man, it, I'm still not over that week one Jacksonville game. So I, I definitely am feeling good about that. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. All right, man. Uh, before we get to this main topic, set and forget it. Tell the people where they can follow you at again. Dude, uh, I'm at Zach FFB. That's my personal account. It's a mixture of football takes and I call it like low key humor, dry humor. Um I, it, it, it works or it doesn't, but check me out there. I do share a bunch of fantasy football content. I'm always open for questions. And then where you can find our podcast is at A to Z FFB podcast articles. Um, we're sharing a bunch of other content from other creators too. So it's a really good resource for more than just our content. So definitely check out both those pages if you're interested. Cool, man. Make sure you guys give Zach and A to Z a follow. It's one of my guys on Twitter, man. One of my allies, one of my brodies on, on Twitter, you know, Twitter can be a, uh, uh, no, it's, it's man. I don't even know how to explain it. It's basically there are savages out there, man. So you need some allies. So Zach's one of my guys. Um, he's always supporting us. So yeah, man, appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate that. Likewise. Yeah, man. And of course, uh, make sure you guys follow us. Um, so Dynasty Bros FF, you can subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen, um, join the YouTube, uh, Dynasty Bros FF. That's where you can see the actual video, um, see the podcast come to life and join the Facebook community, Dynasty Bros FF podcast. Um, that's where we get a lot of the trade talks going and also some videos, clips, all that good stuff. You can follow me personally at Chief Sosa FF. 
um, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to follow my guy, Dynasty Bro Dot, on Twitter. And also our DJ, DJ Avo, A-V-O-L-X-V-E. I think that's how he'll spell it. I think I might have spelled it right for him. So shout, shout out to my guys. I'm excited to meet that squad one day. It'll be fun. Yeah, man. Hey, we're definitely have you back on, man. And we'll have the instrumentals, all that good stuff, the full Dynasty Bros effect, man. So right now we're cooking without any sauce, but it's all good. Still going to eat. Look, look good. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So set and forget it. Um, so again, going back to the main topic. So of course, it's the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you're in the playoffs. Um, if you're not, it's all good just because it's Dynasty. So I mean, if you're not in the playoffs, most likely you have a top pick. So it's not all bad. But of course, you know, we prefer to be in the playoffs. So with set it and forget it, this is where we go over some guys who we're planting our flags on. We're leaving them in our lineups. These are guys we believe in for the fantasy playoffs. And last year, man, I actually called Ryan Fitz, Fitzmagic, and he actually brought home a championship for me. Very nice. Um, so I was in a dilemma, actually. It was between playing him or Mitch. And I was like, you know what? Let me go back to my set it and forget it. I said I'm planting my flag on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm glad I did because if I would have played Mitch, I would not be having this belt right here around my neck. It's literally from the home league, Dynasty Bros. 1.0 in the sleeper league. I'm not in the playoffs this year, so that's why I'm rocking the belt because I got to give it up. So I'm just trying to you know, spend some, sure. spend some more time with it, man, while I still got it. But it's all good. I'm going to get it back. But, uh, yeah, man, so with the set and forget it, we got a QB, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Um, so, Zach, I'm going to let you kick it off, man. Who's the QB you got? Yeah, man, I tried not going too deep to the point of, like, it's, it's a, a swing you could miss. I want someone who could provide steady play. And obviously, we're looking for elevated play in the playoffs. So I'm going to roll with Tom Brady. I really like the schedule they have coming up. They they end the season, the fantasy season, um, likely week 16 for most of you. You play in week 17 championships, like you're doing something wrong. Talk to your commish. But mm-hmm. uh, they play the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Lions to wrap up the season in that order. So, and I'm I'm calling Brady here. Like it might be a flashy name because the team he plays for. Obviously, they have tons of talent, but he has not inspired a ton of confidence throughout the season. We've seen some ups and some downs, like pretty big time with him. And um, I think right now they have a lot of reasons to want to win. They're currently, I think, in the sixth seed in the NFC, and they have a lot of reasons to want to be in the five because the five will get the winner of the NFC least who looks to be right now, the giants. So like that's the first round playoff matchup you want. So if they can move up another spot into that fifth seed, that's going to be best for them in their playoff chances. Moving forward. You said that they're looking at a deep playoff run because the NFL loves Tom Brady in the playoffs. I agree. This is going to be the best way to do it. That's going to take big games from Brady. So we'll talk about another Buccaneer in a little bit. Some wide receiver spoiler right there. There you go, man. I like the call, man. I'm not mad at it. Um, and he has the pass catchers around him, you know, Mike Evans, Godwin, AB. I'm actually expecting AB to have an impact for the fantasy playoffs, even, you know, as a flex play. So, um, and then of course, Rojo, man, he's, he's taking back over that backfield, man. And that's a guy I planted, you know, the flag, my flag on in the offseason. Of course, Leonard Fournette stepped in and he should backtrack off Rojo. But hey, Rojo's Rojo, better. Yeah, man. He gets involved in the passing game too. So I like the call. All right, man, I got a QB for you guys. Let's go to L.A. Mr. Jared Goff, man. So he just had a big game against Arizona, if you guys saw that. Um, of course, uh, going into the fantasy playoffs, he has New England. I am expecting that to be a little bit of a tougher matchup. Um, I am expecting him to run the ball a little bit more. But we've all seen Goff get involved. You know, he, He's good for that Tom Brady sneak, man, um, in the red zone. So speaking of Tom Brady. And then also, we already know the Rams. They love that play action off the edge. So. Um, I'm expecting them to get Cooper Cup and Robert Woods going. We had a Higby sighting again. Um, so I'm expecting to get Jared Goff to hold it down in the playoffs. 
just looking back the past few weeks, 47 pass attempts against Arizona, 31 against San Fran in a week prior, 51 against Tampa Bay. Man, if you look back at week eight against Miami, which was a bit tougher defense, he threw the ball 61 times. So I'm in love with volume, uh, more volume leads to more production. So I'm riding out with golf. And in round two of the playoffs, he has the Jets. We just saw Derek Carr dominate the Jets. So what do you think Jared Goff's going to do? And then also uh, championship week against Seattle. So, again, that's going to be another pass-friendly matchup where he can have more opportunities to throw the ball. So, And divisional implications, like playoff seeding implications. Like I think what I'm looking for in these is like reasons to, for, to play the starters. With the one buy spot for the, the one seed, that's huge. And, yeah, that – final game is going to be like all right who's going to get the higher seed in the playoffs so that's big time who's going to win that division you know players want to win the division so i love that that last game that's a great matchup yeah man and that division if you ask me nfc west is the toughest division in football because like all those teams for the most part are literally can be playoff teams and you have to put up points to like separate yourself so that's why they're trying to dump points on each other so i'm expecting jared Goff week 16 to pour it on them with some points man so yeah, I, I, I love the schedule. Yep, for sure. All right, man. Let's uh, let's pivot. So, who's your running back for? Set and forget it. Yeah, I just checked the stat line tonight to make sure it wasn't stupid. Um, I'm J.K. Dobbins. Uh, so he's been one of the most frustrating because when he got drafted to the Ravens, it was like this is perfect RPO scheme. This guy can run. He can catch. He's got like lateral agility, like no one else in this class. He can move sideways but move forward at the same time amazingly fun to watch he's been by far and away the best running back on that team and like the numbers back that up it's so, like looking i'm gonna like leave ingram out because he's been hurt but you're looking at edwards and dobbins basically edwards has 94 carries 386 yards on the ground dobbins has 72 carries so significantly less and 380 so you're looking at 386 for Edwards. Sorry if I said 380 a minute ago. 386 yards for Edwards and 380 for Dobbins. That's crazy. And Dobbins has also added over 100 yards to the air. So he's a true dual threat. I think the Ravens, who are currently out of playoff contention, obviously have a lot of reasons to need to win. They need their best players on the field right now. And their best running back on the year has been J.K. Dobbins, despite the limited work. He's looked the best. And we saw a couple weeks ago before the COVID game, he got into the end zone. He got, I think, 17 carries. Looked really good. So I'm looking to ride that tonight. Sorry we're missing the game. But he's got two for 22. And, I mean, he's just an explosive player. I love what he can do with the ball in his hands. And they just need to get him the ball more. They're obviously not getting it to Marquise Brown. So I think J.K. Dobbins could be the beneficiary here. Some easy receptions. And he's on the, the run-happiest team in the league. Yeah, I like the call, man. I love some J.K. Dobbins. Um, I'm not mad at him as a flex play in the playoffs. It does look like they're starting to give him that backfield. And every time he's in there, he's flashes. So um, mm -hmm. the talent's there. It's just a matter of time. And the future's bright for him. So I definitely uh, yeah. like the call. Your guy. Hey. I, I love your call here. So Yeah, man. Hey, you know I got to show some love to the home, hometown coach, man. So I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. And, again, with these set it and forget it, you know, we want, it to, we want you to cringe a little bit as far as, like, you know, I'm sure you're on the middle with a lot of these guys. So that's the point of this episode. We're not trying to go with the obvious plays, but uh, I'm playing my flag on Jonathan Taylor. Now, I know he's in the committee, but if you go back to week uh, week 11, he actually played 55 percent of the snaps. So if you're in a committee playing trending over 50 percent of the snaps, that's very promising. They actually, gave him 22 carries that game. Of course, he missed the Tennessee game last week um, due to COVID. And then he bounced back this week with 48 percent of the snaps and he had 13 carries on the ground. 91 yards and we saw him make a big play in the passing game so 
He had three catches. Of course, he had that like 36 yarder um, catching run. We got to see the speed. So Jonathan Taylor, man, he's he's back, man. And hey, it looks like the coach wanted to make him the lead guy in the committee. Um, so I'm planting my flag on him. Uh, we got the Vegas Raiders coming up. We got Houston, and then we also got Pittsburgh. We're definitely going to run the ball against those teams. We want to keep Deshaun Watson off the field. We want to keep Big Ben um, off the field. We want to run that clock out. That defense is going to be tough, but we're going to run the ball. Anyways, you have to run the ball. And then Gruden is Gruden, man. You, you got to respect his football mind, so we're going to run the ball there again too. So I'm liking Jonathan Taylor. Dude. I think what we saw, Houston was a great matchup. Green Bay was a great matchup, but those were confidence-building games. That's what this guy needed. We saw earlier he wasn't hitting just very obvious running lanes. Yep. And that was discouraging because at Wisconsin, he was like in those lanes and gone. And I still think he has that breakaway speed in the, even in the NFL. We saw him outrun an entire secondary on that reception. So, yeah, I think he just needs the confidence. Getting Houston again in two weeks is huge. So he's definitely a smash start in that game and i love what you said like you play in all these games pittsburgh without depleted defense like they would have scared me five weeks ago but now with their banged up linebackers the fact that they're coming off of again three games in 12 days they're not getting a bye week between now and then they're going to be tired still so i like i like jt the rest of the way too that's a good call that you made and also another point to add hey O-linemen get in slumps, too, and play callers get in slumps, too. So keep that in mind. It's not just all on the running back, too. Um, don't get me wrong. JT does have some things to clean up, but hey, our yeah. O-line has it. Yeah. I mean, talent's yeah. there. If he cleans those things up, he's going to be, I think, an RB1 next year. Absolutely, man. But, uh, hey, again, going back to the point with the O-line, our, our O-line hasn't been the best um, all year either. So we got to also help JT out, too. So, mm-hmm. All right, man. Um, let's pivot. So who's your uh, wide receiver? This one shocked me a little bit. It's Chris Godwin. He's down at wide receiver 41 on the year. He's been banged up. He's missed four games with various different injuries. So he had the concussion early on, missed two games with a hamstring. I think he got banged up on like a Sunday night game. And then they had the Thursday night game. So he didn't play and then broke his finger. So the dudes played through a lot this year and still averaging 12.3 points per game. So if you apply his 12.3 points per game to a 12 game sample size, wide receiver 17. So his wide receiver 41 is very deceptive. He's actually, if he was healthy all year, he'd probably average more points per game because he's been very involved in his game. So he's played, I think he'd be in that 15 to 10 conversation, a back end wide receiver one. That's far off where I had him ranked. I had him ranked as wide receiver four heading into the year. But uh, I, I just love what he does when he's on the field. And we see Godwin, when he's on the field, Evans is the one who's impacted. And that's been true all year. So, Godwin and Evans in games where they're both on the field. Godwin has out-targeted Evans 60 to 47. Evans has more targets on the year, but he's missed less time. So when he's the only show in town, Tom throws him the ball. But when Godwin's on the field, he's always in motion. He's always like they're looking for ways to get him the ball. He's a great route runner. He's very physical at the point of the catch. He's fast. So I think he's a very well-rounded receiver. He's the ultimate buy in Dynasty for me this offseason because of this year he's had. He's 24 years old dude like do you think he gets re-signed in tampa or do you think he lands somewhere else oh they gotta resign him i mean he's too good yeah especially with uh mike evans you know aging getting a little bit older of course you know he can still go for the next three four or five seasons as far as having an impact but i mean you gotta look at the age um you want to build around godwin in that passing game of course ab is a question mark i know his uh court case got pushed out to i believe Mm -hmm. next year but either way they're still gonna have to add some pass catchers um, and who knows what's going to happen with uh, O.J. Howard and all that good stuff. So, yeah, you got to keep Godwin. 
Yeah, I just love they get the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Lions. Those are all so the Vikings are 30th against wide receivers, Falcons 29th, Lions 27th. Yeah. Those are amazing matchups for opposing wide receivers. And like I just said, like Godwin is the guy when he's on the field. He gets more looks than Evans. Evans might get the red zone, but Godwin's gonna be that volume guy in the middle of the field. PPR dream. I love God, I love Chris Godwin, the talent, the player, um, on and off the field. Talked about his foundation earlier. I just think he's a great dude. So I like him in the playoffs this year a lot. All right. I got a wide receiver for you guys. Man, let's go to Cincinnati, man. Wide receiver T. Higgins. This is my guy out of Clemson. He stepped in. He's balling. Reason why I love T. Higgins. Man, let's look back, like going back to the Pittsburgh week, week 10. 84% of the snaps. Now, fast forward to Washington after that. 91% of the snaps. 90% against the Giants. 87% against Miami. He's staying on the field, and they love him in the red zone. So his targets are going to be there. They love him in the red zone. Cincinnati's always going to be in a negative game script. That's the perfect marriage for me like that's the perfect formula for fantasy give me the guy that stays on the field team's going to play catch up going to uh, put up points and then he's a big target in the red zone so i'm i'm running t higgins um he's a flex play for me he has wide receiver two upside but i'm keeping some t higgins in my lineup for the fantasy playoffs dude i love that and he's looking to be quarterback proof even without burrow he's still involved because he's that good and i think he's another guy that like fantasy twitter got too cute with or not fan draft Twitter, I should say. Fantasy yeah. Twitter is like, this guy's good. He's been good his yeah. whole college year. Draft Twitter was like, he's not the most athletic. I'm like, who cares? Like, have you seen his what he did at Clemson? If you watch his film, he's a stud. And that's translated right to the NFL. Uh, I heard you talk about Pittman and Higgins. Where would you okay? So let's let's go Mims, Pittman, Higgins, rank those three in Dynasty. Oh man, for me, Higgins, Pittman, and Mims. Okay. I love Mims. Mims is another guy I'm going after pretty hard this year because I'm just assuming he's going to have a massive upgrade in coaching and quarterback play next year. So, and he's an athletic freak. He's been pretty consistent too. So, but yeah, yeah. I like your ranking. I'd probably order him the same because we haven't seen enough out of Mims to, to call him like a proven player yet. I just like the potential. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mims like outleaps all those guys. Like he has ability to do it. Um, I try not to get lost in the metrics in terms of like their athleticism. I know that a lot of people are in love with that, but um, you know, of course, we got to see who they draft. Most likely Trevor. That's a hell of a combination to have, like Trevor Lawrence as your QB throwing to you. So upside's there, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Mims leaps those guys. But right now, I got to roll with Higgins, Pittman, and Mims. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, last player. Who's your uh, tight end? In mine, this is the chalkiest I felt. Um, maybe Brady was chalky, but this one's pretty chalky. It's Robert Tanyan, and I felt okay throwing him in here because no one saw this season coming out of Tony. We're talking about Jay Sternberger um, as the the next guy in line. They drafted the tight end. He's on IR, so didn't really get to see what he could do. But Tanyan has impacted this team in so many ways all year. He's got eight touchdowns on the year. That's tied with Travis Kelsey for most of the tight end position. And Rodgers just trusts him. I saw the other night in the game where Rodgers tosses 400. It was uh, Devontae and Tanyan before the game. And Devontae's like, it's going to be you or me that catches this. He needs three more. So you just know where the ball is going in the offense, especially in the red zone. And that just inspires so much confidence. This is a guy you got off waivers, no doubt. No one drafted Robert Tanyan in the beginning of the year. And yeah, I mean, this is a guy you could have left him in your lineup all year and been pretty happy with what you got. So I'm going to continue doing that through the playoffs. Um, honorable mentions, I guess Dallas Goddard, he's the only thing going well in Philly. I mean, with a quarterback change, a lot could change in that offense, but Goddard remains, I think, consistent because he's very talented. And then Trey Burton, who's been really pretty steady. I think getting back with Frank Reich, which we he was 
the mastermind of the Philly special Burton through the Philly special. They have that connection there. And Burton's been pretty solid the past few weeks. So to get off the chalky picks, I'll go with those two guys, but I, I just love Robert Tanyan. Yeah, man. Hey, Robert Tanyan's one of those guys, like you're watching Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you see this deep ball, you just know it's going to Devontae. And the next thing you know, you see some tight end number 80, whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Robert Tanyan, Vulture, and Devontae touchdowns. Like, yeah, man, wide open. Control. So, Ex- yeah. Exactly, man. They're definitely scheming him. So I like the call there. Um, let's go to my tight end. Uh, I'm actually going to throw out a guy who I didn't have as listed, but I just want to throw him out there. Logan Thomas, man. Like, I I think he's the real deal, man. I think he's a guy, you know, of course, Washington's building their team and they're building an offense. They got a nice piece with Terry, you know, who's the you know captain, the young captain. And then they got Gibson. They can build around Logan Thomas, man. So I think he's the real deal in Dynasty going forward, at least at the tight end position. Um, but but the main guy who I want to call out, who's my real set and forget it, Mike Kosecki, man. So. Um, this is a guy tied in for the Miami Dolphins. I know he had a slow start. Um, and of course, uh, if you look at the over the past few weeks, Tua and Gasecki's been establishing a connection and rapport. Um, of course, Tua looks from in the in the red zone. Um, this past week he had 11 targets, so that's very promising. And looking at the schedule, uh, he's he has Kansas City. So given you're going up against Mahomes, they're gonna have to put up points, you know, they're gonna have to keep keep up with them. I'm expecting Tua to have to throw a over the middle is a safety blanket. Um, with Gasecki, he's a big target, big athletic target. And then week 15, round two of the playoffs, they got New England. Now, I am expecting them to take a step back um, in that matchup, but I'm still okay with it. You still got to play them. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, I, I, at least for me, I wouldn't run from that matchup. We already know Bill Belichick's going to take him away, at least do, do the best that he can, but still got to plug and play Mike. But let's look at the championship against the Raiders. Um, I love that matchup. I'm expecting Gasecki to be a league winner, man, at the tight end position. Yeah, man, that's that's legit. So I like the, I like both those calls. Logan Thomas was my start of the week last week, and that that was sweet. That was that was clutch. So I like that call a lot. He is top ten in the league wide receivers, tight ends, running backs in red zone targets this year. So pretty impressive. I mean, that's a role you cherish, especially at a, a position like tight end where you need a touchdown or you need volume, and he kind of gets both depending on the week. So I like that. Yeah, he even gets some wildcat too, man. Like that speaks volume. Like I know he's a former quarterback, so if you got your tight end and running wildcat, I mean, that lets you know what that team thinks about him as a player. Yeah, I mean, you get you want a guy who gets the ball any way he can. So I don't care if he doesn't throw it or throws a shitty pass. Like at least they let him try. So that's not something all tight ends can say. So. Yeah. All right, man. Before we close this out, can you recap your guys again for the set and forget it for the playoffs? Yep, yep. I had Tom Brady as my quarterback, J.K. Dobbins as my running back, Chris Godwin at wide receiver, and then Robert Tanyan slash Dallas Goddard, Trey Burton at tight end. All right, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me your league winner out of those guys if you had to plant your flag on one. Man, I'm going to say Godwin. I love his schedule. Those are three amazing, like, bottom of the league defenses versus wide receivers, and we know, and this is a former wide receiver two overall, just as recently as last year, we know the talent is there. We've just been waiting for him to be consistently healthy. I mean, God forbid another injury pops up, but uh, his schedule is amazing and the talent has not gone anywhere. Godwin is as good as advertised and I like his uh, his final three games. All right, man. So I'm going to recap mine. So my QB is Jared Goff. My running back is Jonathan Taylor. My wide receiver is T. Higgins. And my tight end is Mike Gusecki. Um, So I'm going to plant my flag. I'm going with Mike Gusecki. Um, He's going to bring it home. He's going to be a league winner. Um, so if you're going up against the the Kelsey's and the Wallers. If you got some Mike Gusecki, he's going he's gonna to help bring it home for you. So that's where I'm going to plant my flag. 
Respect, man. I like that. All right, man. Uh, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to get to the closing. So typically with the closing, we try to leave a positive word for you know the people. Um, that way they can just carry on as far as throughout the week with a positive message. So we want to help you in fantasy and dynasty. And also we want to help you out in real life too. So if you want, I can go first or you can go first. It's totally up to you. You go first. I want to hear what you guys say. Man, I wasn't prepared. Man, I was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd go so I could think of mine. No, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with this. So I know it's the holiday seasons. Um, I, I know that this could be a tough time for a lot of people just with, you know, loved ones who are no longer around. Um, so I just want to, you know, send some well holiday wishes to the people out there who deal with depression during this time. Um, so hopefully you guys can remain uplifted during this time, um, able to remain safe and healthy. And just know that, you know, you're loved, you're appreciated and uh, keep your head up during these times. So, um, yeah. Um, so I, I just want to acknowledge that. I know the holidays can be a difficult time for a lot of people. Man, I love that. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And I echo the sentiment. If you guys need to talk to anyone, um, my DMs are always open for any conversations like that. Um, I, I like talking about things that are not football. So if you need anything at all, reach out for sure. Um, I will go with, hmm, I've always been a fan of humility and it's weird when i talk about humility because it's like you brag about how humble you are which is complete like it's an oxymoron but i think humility in so many ways it not only it it puts you on a level playing field with others that aren't the same as you that's amazing um whether it's walks of life or anything like just life experience in general you have to be able to understand other people and you can only do that by opening your mind to other experiences that aren't your own and then it also kind of for me personally fosters a growth of or a mindset of growth knowing i'm never as good as i'm going to be at any one thing it can shut people down but for me and hopefully for you it can become a motivating piece to push you forward and know that there's growth to be had not that you're just failing like failure is an opportunity for future growth so as a person who just entered fantasy twitter and content creating this year i've failed so many times but I've kept at it. I've met people like Vic. I've met tons of great friends and it's been so worth it to keep pushing forward. Um, so just be humble in failure and let it motivate you to keep pushing on towards something bigger. That, that's kind of what I try to do every day. Just be a little bit better than I was yesterday. Man, that, that's a great message. And you know, the way I try to live my life, I actually seek out failure, man, because there's learning opportunities in that. So, um, you know, fail forward and fail often. That's really the motto, man. That's how you grow. So, don't don't feel don't fear failure, man. Like you got to seek it out because you learn from it and um, you also get out of your comfort zone and that's where you grow. So I definitely uh, like that message. Yeah, 100 percent, man. All right, man. Hey, I definitely want to thank you, Zach, for coming on. Make sure you guys give Zach a follow on Twitter at Zach FFB and then also subscribe and follow his podcast A to Z. So that's at A to Z FFB. Um, so I'll uh, shout you out on Twitter when I you know drop the episodes. But I want to thank you, man, for hanging out with me. Dude, it was a blast. Thank you so much. This is so fun. So it's good to finally get to talk to you. We're from just a few miles up the road, really. And uh, yeah. it's been a blast. So I'm excited to link up with you in the future. Um, meet Dot in the future as well. Um, DJ Avo, is that it? Yeah, A-V-O-L-X-V, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. He's, a, he's a lot of fun in your episodes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to being back on sometime in the future. So good luck to everyone in your fantasy playoffs. It's crunch time. This is what we worked all year for. Um, thanks again for having me on, dude. 
Hey, absolutely, man. We're definitely going to have you back. Hey, until next time, another episode of the Dynasty Bros. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Hey, remember to dominate your leagues, Dynasty Bros style, and set your lineups with confidence in the playoffs. We're not like those other teams. Just go on with confidence. That'll uh, give you the edge that you need. So, All right. Till next time.